the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. It's spring, and Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island is your lawn care company. Call them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call them now. Get that spring program. You have the fertilizer, then you guaranteed broadleaf crabgrass control. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call Lawn Doctor today. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com, or call them 401-392-1025. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. We're in an accident. Someone hits your vehicle. It's damaged in some way. Pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them, 401-272-3340. 3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA, Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies you can depend on on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. To Petro on AM 1380 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website to Petro.com. Today is Tuesday. It is May 18th. And yesterday, today, uh, yesterday, um, excuse me, I think it was a significant day simply because in the morning you had the congressional delegation get up 
and they had a press conference and you had Congressman Cicilline, Congressman Langevin. I, I just don't think they offered any plan solutions. Instead, they just talk about they're going to try to get federal, national gun legislation. That's not what the problem is. And then in the afternoon, uh, I did attend the press briefing at the Providence Public Safety Complex. Providence police did their job. I mean, they've uh, arrested these gang members that were involved. But I want to play for you. These were the comments yesterday, the mayor of Providence, when asked, you know, mayor, what is your plan to try to hold these gang members accountable for the shootings and the gang war that has broken out in the city? Okay. But what's the message to the community? But what about the business owners? You have a lot of gang members. Or you call them groups of people. Why not gang members? All right, so that was Mayor Alorzi yesterday. Now, I want to draw your attention. And this is something that a lot of people don't realize. But if you log on at my website, depetro.com d-e-p-t-r-o.com look at the story can Alorza stop the gang war and something that a lot of people are not talking about and that is folks there is a correlation between a lot of the problems in the city how the, you know all this talk about we're going to do this and we need to do this for the kids and there's no opportunity and the reason there's violence as um you heard that senator tiara mack was saying is because of the water quality there's uh, gang shootings because of a uh, housing crisis, they say. There's uh, gang shootings because uh, of America's um, systematic racism. But if you really want to see, in 2017 in Providence, they passed, no one talks about this, but they passed the Community Safety Act. So some of the things that they're restricting police, such as the gang list, and I asked the mayor about this yesterday, individuals have the right to inquire where they're on the gang list and inform written notice within 10 days. The notice will explain the right to appeal and process the appeal individual's inclusion on the gang list before adding any individual under the age of 18 to the gang list. The police department will provide written notice to the individual and their parent guardian, almost asking permission of a 16 to 17 year old kid. Can we put you on the gang list? If the individual is not convicted of any crime within two years, doesn't mean they didn't do anything. It just means they haven't been able to catch them. Their name must be removed. Every year, Providence Police must produce a report with the total number of people on the gang list and a breakdown by age, race, ethnicity, gender, and the number of people appealed being on the gang list. Folks, notice all the onus is on police. There's no onus on the individuals in the community now something else that is on this they call it the community safety act what it really has done is put the community more at danger how about traffic stops police have to tell the driver why they stopped before they ask for any documents they can only ask for driver's license car registration proof of insurance police can't ask passengers for id think of that many times there's criminals in the car and maybe they're not driving, but they're in the passenger of the car. You pull someone over. Everyone's acting a little sketchy. Some people in the back seat. Because of this, 
You can't ask, hey, how old are you? What's your name? Let me see an ID here. If only the criminal charges drive without a license, police cannot arrest the individual. So you're driving without a license, police can't arrest them. Traffic violations are not enough to arrest someone. And then you have privacy, youth, and immigrants. Police can only ask once a youth under the age of 18 for ID and must accept any statement that the youth that they do not have form of ID. So you're 16, 17. Let me see your ID. I'm under 18. Only ask once. Police may not inquire about an individual's immigration status and any identification issued by a government outside the U.S. What does that tell you? Folks, what, in other words, this is not getting enough attention that this Community Safety Act has basically crippled the police. And a big part of this is this gang list where they can appeal the process. I don't want to be on that list. If I'm under the, you have kids 16, 17 years old in gangs. Look at that kid in Chicago. He was 13 years old. He was in a gang. So 17-year-old kid with a gun can't have that on the gang list without his permission and the parent's permission. What parent is going to give the police the permission on that? These are the things that are crippling the ability. If police were given the ability to truly go after criminals, they could solve a lot of this. But they're not interested in that. It is this mayor. It is the city council. They want to turn Providence into Portland. They want to make Providence. It's it's they want to make it this progressive. Oh, well, guess what? They're getting an idea what a progressive oasis looks like. They're getting a, a look at it right now. And you can see a progressive oasis is great for criminals. Because the police have their hands tied. The police are handcuffed. The police can't do all the type of police work that they want to do criminals are given more power you have to get criminals uh, permission to put them on a gang list when police are stopping people they are very limited of what they can do can what they can't do folks what they've done is they really have made the police hesitant to do some basic policing you know there's many different times you had that situation with amy uh amy shooting jason Birdson. We are, it was that, uh, the two college kids, they were carjacked. And then that gang of, uh, street thugs brought them out to buttonhole golf course and basically executed them. They were stopped. They, um, they should have been stopped. There was a police officer. It was a bad police officer. It was a police officer that saw one of the gang members driving an SUV, which they had just stolen and carjacked different. That's funny. When I saw him earlier, he didn't have that vehicle. Now, that police officer should have gone. But, see, a lot of things can happen in a traffic stop. And in that moment, you know, police have a chance to radio for backup. Police have a chance to, who's that in the back? You're allowing these people to get away. You have wanted criminals. The fact you can't ask, I want to see an ID from everybody in this car right now. How about the fact they can't ask, what's your immigration? Are you a legal citizen here? They don't speak English. They won't give an address. And yet police in Providence are handcuffed from doing anything about it. But this gang list, this has really added to it. As a result of these provisions in the, quote, Community Safety Act, what they've done is membership in gangs has exploded. And that's a result of this progressive Providence City Council.
See, they just deal in theory. They don't deal in reality. If you can't keep track of people, think of that. Why would you not want police to build up a database and know who it is that they're dealing with in the community? Who would do that? How is that keeping people safe? How is that helping anybody? So if you're placed on the gang list, now listen, you're with that crew, you're hanging with them, you're seen with them, you're in videos with them, you're wearing or making the sign or they have tattoos that identify certain gangs or you're at a gang house, certainly seems like you're part of a gang. They talk with different people on the street and say, oh yeah, no, he's, he's an active gang member of such, such a gang. You have to now get written permission to put some of these people in a gang. And when these things happen, and then they're saying, all right, there was a shooting. We know it was this gang. Where's our database? And let's now start tracking down some of the other gang members and finding out where were you Thursday night at 7 o'clock, 6.30, between you know 5 o'clock to 8 o'clock. Where were you? Do you have an alibi for that? Do you have anyone that can verify where you were during that period of time? But if you don't have a list, if they don't allow the police to have a gang list where you're just doing some basic reconnaissance and keeping data and then when something happens you know they they had problems iding some of the people in the hospital because they don't cooperate with uh with police they don't cooperate even with the doctors and nurses so they have to bring in people that do follow it and say wait a minute i know who that is he's with uh, the lakeside gang or he's with the bucket west or he's with you know whoever it may be when they pass this there's no and notice no one talks about it yesterday at that press briefing congressman cicilline uh congressman langevin sheldon whitehouse yesterday mary lorza i asked about it but they don't ask about it they don't want to talk about it they don't want to talk that they've actually created a, an atmosphere where it's actually it's not safer for people they've actually made it more dangerous for people think about that where is the accountability where does someone say hey wait a minute you know we need to allow the police to do what they have to do where does that come in why do you have a situation in providence where you can't inquire about someone's immigration status and that's why many times some some of you ask me some of these people are arrested are they illegals or i don't think i know as a matter of fact that people don't understand that in the city of providence police are not allowed to inquire about an immigration status let me ask you something how does that benefit the american citizen why would you have something like that why would you have that that's not everywhere certainly not like that in border states texas arizona they don't have that why in providence do they have a, a, you know that's the the new that's on the books that's the way they have to follow it you cannot police cannot ask about your immigration status and even the the element of someone in the age of 18 you know anyone that there's a lot of punks 16 17 years old especially 17 police are not allowed you can only ask once how old and then the kids say they lie oh i'm 17 do you have an id no i'm 17 you can't ask me they know they could be 18 19 let me see a form of id oh i'm under 18 nope don't have one they know that they're little punks nope blank the police defund the police abolish the police those groups are doing so much damage to the inner city and it's causing crime everywhere you know providence should be a very easy city to manage in some ways but you have to allow the police to go out there and do their thing and and policing and aggressive policing 
But instead, you have a mayor, Mayor Lorza, when you ask him a question, this is the answer that you get. Attention, gang members. Everybody cool it. You're making me look bad. I'm trying to be governor. You're making it harder. Chill out with the shootings. Let me get through the primary. I told you I'd get you reparations. You know, he is, um, to me, you need a certain type of leader that can bring stability to uh, to the city. And I, I just don't think it's him. Hey, folks, I want to remind you, and again, it's John DePietro. If you are, let's just say, I want to want you to listen. If you've ever, if you've been in an auto accident or a motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury, domestic abuse, you need a fighter. You're entitled to be compensated for your injuries. Fight back. Call Jack. Jack Calvino, 401 785 9400. Jack Calvino, fight back, call Jack. You need a fighter that's going to get you what you're entitled to. Maybe you were in an accident, slip and fall, motorcycle accident. Well, Jack Calvino, 401-785-9400 or online at fightbackcalljack.com. Free consultation, 401-785-9400. Auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury, he has over 50 years personal experience, personal injury law, 100 combined total with the staff. You need a fighter. It would be nice if they just handed over to you and said, this is owed to you. You're entitled. They don't operate that way. You need a fighter. You need Jack Calvino. Remember what we say. Fight back. Call Jack. Free consultation. 401-785-9400. Again, if you were in an auto accident or a motorcycle accident, slip and fall workplace injury and then you're offered pittance pennies on the dollar fight back call jack go with the fighter free consultation 401-785-9400 401-785-9400 or online fightbackcalljack.com he's the best you're listening to the john DePietro show spring is here time to contact bethel certified softwash you can text jared a free estimate at 401-617-2585 bethel certified softwash they have a great website it's rhodeislandsoftwashing.com outside your home let's get rid of the grime and the stains maybe some of that that green algae and moss and mildew that build up over the course of the winter call bethel certified softwash today again outside your restaurant or your home or a roof or a deck or a patio or a walkway it's bethel certified softwash remember it's biodegradable it's plant safe look for them on facebook bethel b-e-t-h-e-l their facebook page the before and after are just tremendous contact them today for a free same day text estimate 401 617 2585 401 617 2585 again remember they have a great website it's rhode island softwashing.com bethel certified soft wash and power wash 
you're listening to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 a.m 1380 99.9 fm joining us on the line right now is our friend from the national right to work committee it is president mark mix marks it's john DePietro. great to uh, talk to you again and i i want to talk about this research about people don't realize how much public uh, the the high government cost high government union states that have high government union density just the the number that it does and the high burden on taxpayers yeah john it's uh, not a surprise that the states with the highest density of uh, union monopoly control over their workers are the states that have the heaviest tax burden and you know it's not really that difficult of uh, to, to do the research you just take the government union density and you pour, you put it over state and local tax collections and you come up with this really interesting list that comes out with uh, no coincidence to us here at Right to Work in, in following the growth and the power of government unions, uh, particularly uh, right now, John, the teachers union that basically is controlling when our schools will reopen across the country. If uh, you can believe the CDC and the White House, they, they, uh, they're relying on Randy Weingarten, the president of the AFT, to do this. But basically what we found in this study, and this is the research arm of the National Right to Work Operation, the National Institute for Labor Relations Research, said that the 17 top union density states have a 31 percent higher tax burden than the 17 lowest density union states in the country. And the 16 states in the middle, uh, that, that, that burden is about 20, 22% greater from the high density unionization states to the, to the medium density unionization states. So not a surprise to you, John, not a surprise to me, but I think taxpayers might be surprised that the, 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 the power that government unions have to raise the cost of government and to raise the tax burden on citizens. Folks, we're speaking with uh, Mark Mix who is the National Right to Work Committee president. Mark, I want to let's let's talk about Randy Weingarten because Ron Klain, who is the Biden chief of staff, he said in an interview when when he was asked this was weeks and months ago, what is this all about? He said it's about money. That essentially they want more money. It's it's almost as if when you're going to rent a car, they say, "Listen, if you want to rent a car, we'll give you a car, you know, but it'll be a small economy little car. It's 20 bucks a day or whatever it is, and it'll get you around. Now, if you want a luxury car, a nicer car, well, now we would get into the $45, $50 a day. This suddenly has turned into, hey, we'll have a teacher teach the kids, but if you want her, he or she in the classroom, well, now you're going to have to pay a lot more to make that happen. Yeah, that's right, John. It's unfortunate, but I think what it's been, if nothing else, I mean, obviously it's something you want to shake your head at, but what it has been is a display of what we've been talking about and a lot of people have been talking about over the years, and that is how union officials have put themselves between taxpayers and elected officials and have a perch that's higher than, you know, the redress of grievances that, we are, that we're supposed to get with our elected officials. Um, and it's really amazing how that manifests itself. I mean, you have, you know, union officials in California saying, you know, it's pretty cool we get to elect our own bosses. You got you got people in New York City saying, yeah, you know, we control uh, the city of New York because we're the unions and they can't do anything without us. I mean, these are, these are you know, anecdotes, obviously, but when you actually look at the facts and what it means to taxpayers, I mean, you've got to go back to Franklin Roosevelt in, in the 1930s when he was asked by a union official, you know, why don't we do this for government when they were unionizing all private sector workers in the country or at least passing laws that would, quote, promote 
promote promote unionism. I'm quoting our current president uh, when I use those three promotes. Um, but when he was asked about it, he said it's unthinkable we would do that. I mean, it's not the same. You can't you can't give a private organization power above ordinary citizens. The AFL-CIO president George Meany said the same thing. The executive council of the AFL-CIO said the same thing back in the late 1950s. But now, you know, there are more government union members today in America, John, than there are private sector union members. Folks, again, we're speaking with, think of that, we're speaking with National Right to Work Committee President Mark Mix. And Mark, this also just goes back to that people don't understand is when you're dealing with a monopoly, and that's what they are, these are monopolies, it's impossible to negotiate when you're dealing with people in that position. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, you know, you get to you know, one example of that from this whole COVID experience has been the, the United Teachers of Los Angeles. I mean, they literally were holding out and negotiating over defunding the police and Medicaid for all. Those were their demands at the table in order to go back to work. I mean, it had nothing to do with educating children. It had everything to do with their monopoly power. To your point, John, they have that. And in Rhode Island, it's they've got it in spades. I mean, they've got it in spades in New York and California and Illinois. These states that were fiscal basket cases prior to the COVID relief bill that basically bailed out decades of mismanagement using other people's money um, to paper over what are, you know, huge, huge problems, structural problems in the cost and the increasing cost of government. I mean, and it's this union monopoly you speak of. That's exactly the right word. It's a monopoly. And when you get monopolies, boy, oh boy, the power and the control uh, comes shortly thereafter. What is the end game here? Like, what does she want, Randy Weingarten, who the Biden administration obviously is kowtowing to? I don't remember. I mean, she is just like taking over the administration. You know, the president won't even confirm that kids should be back in the classroom in the fall. But what what's their agenda, Mark? What does she want? Their agenda is power. And yeah. their agenda is control over the educational structure. And we have a government education system that is teaching things that I think people are beginning to realize are not productive. They're they have little to do with getting children prepared for careers and meaningful careers. They have little to do with critical thinking. They have little to little to do with those types of things that I think people expect from, from an education system or I've come to expect and I think have been sorely disappointed. I mean, we don't have to look very far to see the metrics of, of how the government school system is, is hindering many, many children. And the competition, you know, they can't they can't allow for competition. They gotta stop the charter schools, they've got to stop the private schools, they've got to stop any alternatives to this government monopoly educational system and that's what it's about and you know randy weingarten is a radical socialist she is just her views on on the world are completely different than a lot of school teachers john that you and i remember i mean they have successfully hid behind you know the teachers that you and i remember that had an influence and an impact on our lives and an impact on who we are today um and there are still teachers fortunately out there in the system that do that there are great teachers in america but unfortunately because of the union monopoly we don't reward the best teachers we simply say well you get more money if you stay longer and we don't uh, we don't encourage and incentivize young teachers to get into science and math and teach those type of stem educational opportunities that actually give children careers you know we just say okay get in line get in the system and you will be paid as much as the fit ed, phys ed teacher when you get your 30 years of, of seniority mark it, we we know some of the union states that uh it's such a monopoly and how it does affect taxes what are some of the states that are the exact opposite, where they just don't have this type of foothold and domination. 
Well, um, states like Arizona, Arkansas, and South Carolina, they don't have a bargaining statute that says you must bargain with unions over terms and conditions of employment for government employees. North Carolina has a strict prohibition against negotiating with unions. You can join a union, John. You can you know, join an association. You can join a union. You can go to lobby day at the state capitol. You can talk to politicians. You can go out and work for them on the campaign trail. But there is no obligation for elected officials to sit at the, at the table and negotiate over taxpayer money with union officials. Virginia had that. We had it since 1993. A Democrat governor, Doug Wilder, signed a bill that said, Virginia's not going to negotiate. We'll, we'll listen. We'll sit down. We'll talk. We'll hear what you want. We'll hear what you're thinking. We'll hear what your demands are. But we have no obligation to negotiate with you to a final contract on behalf of government workers in Virginia. Unfortunately, with the changeover in the Bloomberg and Soros money that poured into the, the state of Virginia a couple years back and changed the House and the Senate, I mean, we now have, quote, local option bargaining. Uh, the city of Alexandria, right down the road from where our office is, has announced that they're going to have to add millions of dollars to their budget just to prepare for bargaining that the taxpayers of, of Alexandria are going to have to foot the bill for. So the, the, the model is you cannot give a private organization a position between taxpayers and citizens when it comes to government services. It's not the same as the private sector. I mean, you can allow people to voluntarily organize to amplify their voice, just like you and I can when we get together and we go to the state capital and say, you know, vote for this or vote against that. Unions should have no better position, or union officials, excuse me, union officials should have no better position than we have to redress our government. I have to send you, I'll send Jacob an article. You've got to see this story uh, locally here in Rhode Island where there's a city of Warwick. It's the second or third largest city, depending on, on how you look at it. But anyhow, uh, they have a provision where in the state, and they changed it to, in uh, 2018. Any th- if a firefighter works over 42 hours, now the national average I think is 56, but Rhode Island they made it 42 hours, you, you get overtime. What they did was they used, they started doing where if they call in sick or take a vacation day, that counts as time worked. So each week they use sick days, vacation days, and then they'll work three days, and that's all overtime. Mark, they have a firefighter, salary seventy two thousand. He made two hundred and thirty thousand in overtime. He made over three hundred thousand dollars. So they found there's a provision that they slipped into the state law. There's a new speaker of the house. He said he's open to removing that clause from this state law. Now it's worth millions. Tuesday night at nine thirty, he's brand new speaker of the house of Rhode Island mysteriously his law office burned to the ground <laughs> oh my gosh john I, you know i hate stories like that i mean you, yeah, people can draw their own conclusions from you should see it was, i i have film of i was like the first one I, it, it looks like a bomb went off in the back of the building and and the state fire marshal arrived on the scene and before the investigation said i don't think we're ever going to be able to determine the cause of the fire upon arrival oh my lord <laughs> You know, that's to your point, John. That's what happens when you grant monopolies. Yes. They create barriers to entry, and when there are potential threats to their monopoly power, um, things get weird. And, you know, the union movement has a history of that, too. I mean, not necessarily rank and file workers, but union leadership. They've got a great deal. I mean, look at the UAW, the United Auto Workers Union up in Detroit. Eleven of their top executives are either in jail or on their way to jail for, you know, extortion and embezzlement and all kinds of things, stealing from rank and file workers. And, you know, 
somehow that's not a news story um, to, outside of Detroit. But that's the type of thing that happens when you're granted this monopoly power over the lives and livelihoods of workers mm. and, in the case of Rhode Island, citizens. Yeah. What's the uh, website where people can uh, learn more? National Right to Work Committee. Yeah, you can find us at nrtwc, nrtwc.org. Folks, again, he's the president, Mark Mix. Mark, uh, great job. Uh For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, 401-439-6028. Fully insured tree removal company with a licensed arborist. Yankee Tree Service. They provide various tree services, including tree removal, pruning, land clearing, stump grinding, and bobcat service. Check out their website, yankeetreeservice.com. Whether it's for tree removal or stump grinding, Yankee Tree Service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps. Tree pruning. You know, many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down. The licensed arborists with Yankee Tree Service, they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree emergency service or bucket truck service they'll get up in the bucket call yankee tree service today for a free quote 401-439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com 